Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you that are here on today. Uh, we're certainly thankful to God for another opportunity to be here on this, his day. Uh, it is the Lord's day. Uh, and so we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, and so we're just so thankful for the privilege of coming together uh, to sing the sweet songs of Zion, to lift the Lord up and to magnify his name. Realizing the fact that God is good. Yeah, not just some of the time. Yeah, he's not like we are. You know, like you today, don't like you tomorrow. <laughs> like your Facebook post today, but don't like him tomorrow. No, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. We're certainly thankful for the privilege of being here at 4th Avenue Church of Christ. We're so delighted to be here. I'm thankful to uh, your leadership, your shepherds for the invitation to come uh, to be here. We've been working on trying to get here for some time. Uh, and so Brother Chris has been instrumental in getting me here, and he's just kind of been, you know, letting me know everything about how you all do things. I says, well, Chris, you know, you know, I'm a traditional Church of Christ member, but at the end of the day, I'm a gospel preacher. So half gospel will travel. So I'll go anywhere to preach the word. <laughs> and so we're thankful to be here. Uh, I'm thankful to have my wife here with me, you know. Uh, I always said whenever I get a wife, I'm going to introduce her everywhere I go. So you all just give me the luxury of introducing my wife so that you all know who she is. Uh, and I remember who she is. This is my wife, Sister Morgan. She's certainly been a blessing to my ministry thus far. And um, just thankful to God to have her in my life. Also good to have Brother Bob Blair. Many of you know Brother Robert Blair, the, the um, infamous uh, mayor of sorts of Franklin, the one who knows everybody around town. Good to have him here uh, as well on today. You know, I'm just a simple uh, Bible preacher, and so I'm not going to keep you too long, but I'm just going to share a word from the Lord. Is that okay? Now, I just believe in just keeping it real and honest, and uh, that's just how I roll. Is that all right? Open your Bibles, if you will, or once they put the screen up, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 10 and following. I'm going to open up by sharing um, a historical thought that will get us to where we need to be on today. On June 12, 1987, then President Ronald Reagan spoke to the citizens of then West Berlin. Some of you may remember that. The Berlin Wall, as it was referred to by the president, was built by communists in August 1961 to keep Germans from escaping communist-dominated East Berlin into the democratic West Berlin. Now, the wall was a 12-foot concrete uh, wall extended for, for about 100 miles, and it surrounded West Berlin, and it included electrical fences, and guard posts. The wall stood as a stark symbol of the decades-old Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Russia, in which the two politically opposed superpowers continually wrestled for dominance, stopping just short of actual warfare. Now, at the height of his speech, uh, President Reagan uh, uttered some of his most memorable lines when he then told uh, General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, 
if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And about three years later, the wall came down and democracy came to East Berlin. Now, of course, in the context of that scenario, that was a literal physical wall there in Berlin. But I believe the Apostle Paul talks also about a similar wall uh, that hinders progress even in the Lord's church, even on today. Uh, this wall also hinders peace. This wall also hinders true libera liberation in Christ. This wall also hinders true prosperity. This wall hinders unity. This wall hinders God's love from flowing free. This wall segregates on likes and dislikes. This wall separates based on man-made criteria. This wall devalues mankind. This wall will ultimately destroy the Lord's church if it is allowed to stay up. That is why we must tear down the wall. We must tear down the wall. Looking here in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm a big contextual preacher, so I always like to lay a foundation. The Apostle Paul, of course, wrote the Ephesian letter while he was in prison. Uh, and according to around Acts 21, uh, he was in prison for being accused of bringing a Gentile into the inner parts of the temple. Those of you who study your Bibles, you remember and realize that uh, in the temple there were certain parts for certain people. And if you dared to go to parts where you didn't belong, you could almost face certain death. There was actually literally a stone separation of wall that was engraved with a saying that no man of another nation to enter within the fence and enclosure around the temple and whoever is caught will have only himself to blame for the death that ensued. So they took that wall very seriously. And it could be that wall and that barrier uh, that the Apostle Paul had in mind here in Ephesians 2 when he looks at uh, this situation that he talks about. We see here that Paul starts out by letting us know that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision by which is done in the body in Christ. So Paul is writing to let the church folks know that you all have a wall. It wasn't necessarily a physical wall, but you understand they had the, the Jew-Gentile wall. And Jews despised Gentiles and the feeling was mutual. In fact, Jews thought that Gentiles really were made for nothing more but to just have something to throw into the pits of hell. That's how despised uh, and how much animosity they had one to another. But Paul has to remind them that, that because of Christ and who Christ is and because of what Christ did on the cross, that that animosity has to go away. And beloved, I just want us to understand even here in 2021, if we're not careful, we can still have some walls that are up. Oh, yeah, we still have some walls. You know, I just tell it like it is, uh, but I still love you. But I want us to understand that there are walls that we can literally have. And I'm not talking about the Bible. Understand that, that the word of God, that is sure. That's unchangeable. That ain't going nowhere. But what I'm talking about is our man-made uh, uh, criteria that we have for who we like, 
who we don't like, sometimes who we reach out to, to reach out to evangelize. Sometimes it's even who we like, uh, allow into our circle. But I want you to understand that when Jesus Christ came and when Jesus went on the cross of Calvary, Christ erased some stuff, didn't he? Christ erased skin. Christ erased sin. Christ erased socioeconomic status. Christ erased political party. He erased criminal history. He erased your social status. He erased what side of town you grew up on. He erased who mama was or who daddy was or what your family came from. Christ erased every barrier that mankind could come up with. But you know how, how, how mankind can be. We always like to mess some stuff, don't we? <laughs> We're always creative and, and, and come up with things. And so what Christ knocked down many times, if we're not careful, we'll try to build back up. And even in the Lord's church, we have built these walls up, these barriers that are there, and they're not godly. And we have to be very careful and very cognizant about that. We're here at 4th Avenue, you have all of these congregations around this area. And one of the things I always share with people is, how can we tell the world that we are the one true church? How can we say that we are God's family? How can we say we are the redemptive society of God if we can't get it right as the Lord's people? You know, I understand that the world has all types of issues going on right now. There, there's political unrest, there's social unrest, there's racial unrest, there's prejudice here, there's bigotry here. All of that's going on in the world. We understand the world is going to be the world. But the one place where people ought to be able to come and not worry about the color of their skin, the one place that they ought to be able to come and to worship one with another, regardless of social background or this, that, or political ideology, ought to be the Lord's house. We ought to be able to come together and worship as God's people, leaving everything else at the door. But if we're not careful, we'll have walls that are built We'll, ha we'll have, and I have a list, and if you can go ahead and put up the list of reasons why we build walls. There are a lot of them, and I really don't have time to go through all of them. But we build walls to keep people out. Understand, I, I grew up born, bred, and raised traditional Church of Christ, and will probably be it till I die. And so I understand how it's very easy to, to keep people out. You know, if you're not with us, you're nothing to us. But we also do build walls to hold people in, keep them hostage, I call it. We also build walls to give a false sense of security. We even build walls to devalue other people. You know, one thing I always tell folks is, you know, yes, I'm a member of the Lord's church. I believe the Bible is right. I believe God has always been a God of oneness. God has always been a God of unity. God has never allowed people to do anything that they wanted any way they wanted to, and God just happened to be, no, no. God has always said, I'm God, you follow me, right? God has always been that way. But sometimes we use that to say we're better than other people. You know, I'm a member of the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ. And so, you know, that means something. Well, it means you're a member of the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ. <laughs> and, and maybe you just might just be on the roll. You may not be active in anything. You may, might not, may not be a part of any ministry, but you're just there, right? But if we're not careful, we can build these walls that will devalue other people. 
You know, I always say, you know, I'm not better than anybody else, but no one else is better than me either. And that's the mindset that we have to have as God's people as we seek to reach the lost. We have this good news, this message that is positive, that is so great. We ought to be ready to share it. It, it, it shouldn't be a negative message. You know, people shouldn't walk away from us feeling worse off than before they met us. You know, this is good news, right? You know, and we share all of our other good news. You know, when we go buy vehicles that we can't afford and we go show off our buddies, hey, look at this new car I bought, you know. Or I go buy this dress that, you know, maybe I can't really fit and this suit that is probably a little too tight for me. But I go show it off, though. You know, I got to Instagram it and I got to Snapchat it. I got to let people know. We let people know everything else but the really good news. So why do we build these walls? Sometimes we build walls because of low self-esteem about how you really feel about yourself. And to keep people out, we'll, we'll put these barriers up so that we won't have to worry about dealing with people because we really don't feel good about ourselves. And beloved, understand this. Even as Christians, I know we're here. We, we look good. We smell good. We, we're all happy and cheerful. We're singing the songs. But Christians deal with depression just as much as anyone in the world deals with it. And so there's some things that we as the Lord's people have to start dealing with. Because if we don't deal with it, chances are it's already in the church. But if you don't deal with it, it's going to be that much worse when it comes to the, the body. And so there are people who have low self-esteem, and especially as a result of this pandemic. You will not believe how this pandemic has traumatized people. There are folks who are literally hermits still because of the effects of this pandemic. Whether you believe in this, that, the other, that, that really doesn't matter. There is a trauma that folks have been dealing with. And we have to be there to tear down some of those walls to help people know that we're here that we're God's people, that we love you, and we're here to serve you. And then ultimately, we, we build walls to divide. You know, we have that dividing line. Us versus them. I call it the saints versus the ain'ts. <laughs> you know, if, if you're not in this little fellowship, and if you don't believe everything that I say, uh, and I'm not talking about Bible, I'm, you know, anything. If I don't believe like you believe politically, if I don't believe like you believe uh, uh, as it relates socially, then, then you're not a part of me. And that ought not be for the children of God. As God's people, we are all united because of what Christ did. And that's what Paul had in mind when he says Christ broke down that middle wall a partition between us. That wall is eradicated. All that's there now should be the love of Jesus Christ. And as I close, I, I love how he starts it out in, in verse 10 there, when he, when he talks about uh, we are his handiwork. Literally there, his masterpiece. That, that God has chosen us as his masterpiece. Now, I'm not an artist by any means. But when you look at a masterpiece, you see the, the finished product of many hours of toil and sweat that the artist has done to give us this rendering. And so when, we, when God sees us, he doesn't see the mess. What he sees is 
the masterpiece. And beloved, I'm glad to know that when God sees me, he doesn't see the mess that Rick has made in his life, but God sees the masterpiece. And beloved, not only does he see that with me, but he sees that with you. And he sees that with everyone out here, God doesn't see your mess. God sees the masterpiece. And beloved, if we can learn to be like the Lord and to stop looking at everybody's mess, you know, we want to jump on everyone's, oh, they did that. Oh, I remember when they did that 30 years ago. And, well, what did you do 30 years ago? Maybe you just didn't get caught up like everybody else did, but you were, I'm sorry, I thought I was down at Cummins Street. I'm sorry. <laughs> but sometimes we forget that we haven't always been in church singing hymns and hallelujahs on Sunday morning. Truth be told, some of us, we didn't remember Sunday morning because of what happened Saturday night. But because of Christ coming into our lives, making a change in our life, he has turned us around and set us on a new path. Beloved, we've got to tear down walls. And understand, beloved, that, that there's a lot going on in our world. And I always tell country, don't get caught up in the political scene. Don't get caught up with what's going on in social. Be aware of it and understand it. But don't allow that to dictate how you treat other people. I always tell them, make sure you're kind to people. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind to people. They may not believe like you theologically. They may not believe like you politically. They may not believe like you socially. But God sees value in them just like he sees value in you. And if you and I can remember that, then those walls will come down. And soon we'll just be able to share God's love freely and openly without regard to, to race, to, to creed, to ethnic background, to social background, to who has money, who doesn't have money. It'll just be the fact that we see value in everyone because God created us all. Amen? Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne just recognizing your presence, your power, and your promise. Lord, we come recognizing and realizing that you are God and there's none higher nor greater than you. Lord, we're coming at this time realizing that we haven't always done the right thing. We haven't always said the right thing. We haven't always represented you right. So, Lord, we're asking forgiveness of our sins. Cleanse us and purify us through your son's shed blood. Father, we're asking that you will be with us as your people as we seek to represent you, to share your good news. Help us, dear God, to tear down the walls. Father, the walls of racism, the walls of prejudice, the walls of misogyny, the walls of anything except for that which is biblical in your sight. Dear God, help us to be more loving like you, to see more of the good side of people than the negative side of people. Dear God, help us as your people to come together, to be unified, to be the one church that you have called us to be. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for the victory. Now in the name of him who stilled the waters and calmed the raging sea, in the name of him who called Lazarus back from the dead, in the name of him who went to Calvary's tree and conquered death, hell, and the grave, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amen.